Now, Birdsong, fun and fascinating talk about the top stories in today's headlines. Birdsong may just be the most qualified talk show host in the business, thanks to his many careers in law, government, and education. Here's your host, Leonard Birdsong. Hello, folks. This is Birdsong again, back with you on the radio. I'm here today with EJ, my friend. We've got a good show for you today. We're going to talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly of the news as we see it. And we'll have some dumb criminal law stories. We will also have a Paul Harvey story and some riddles. So stick with us. EJ, do you want to greet the people in French? Bonjour, mes amis. Okay, that sounds good. What a wonderful language that is. I wish I could speak it better. All right. A lot happening in the news as usual. We can't talk about everything, but we want to talk about the things that we want to talk about. One of the things that I think is the good, and I want to start with the good, is that the Pope has said and decreed that the death penalty is inadmissible under all circumstances. Pope Francis has decreed that the death penalty is inadmissible under all circumstances and the that the Catholic Church must work to abolish it. Now, this is a big deal. A lot of people are against the death penalty, and I am certainly one of them. I've written on the death penalty. I've taught about it in law school. There are a lot of bad things about the death penalty, one of which, of course, is that it's irrevocable. If the wrong person did it and the wrong person gets executed, you can't bring them back. The other problem with it, it does not deter crime. People still kill people. They've been doing it since Cain and Abel. The death penalty doesn't help. The death penalty is usually used against minorities and people of color. Also, most people don't believe this, but it costs more to put a person to death than it is to keep them in life, uh, in prison for life. It costs more to kill a person or execute a person because they have so many, uh, you might say, steps they can go through in appeals, it costs more money that way than keeping them in jail for the rest of their life. But we go back to the death penalty. It really doesn't deter. Of our 50 states, 31 states still have uh, the death penalty. It does not deter. I'm with the Pope that the death penalty is inadmissible and it should be abolished all over the world. EJ? I bet you some people wonder where those states are. So where are they? Most of those states that still have the death penalty are in the South. Um, Are we talking about Florida? The, ba- the Bible Belt? Is this the Bible Belt? Yeah, I guess so. The Bible Belt. These are people who believe an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Now, the Pope says that we... In the West, I'm sorry. Let's not, let's not exclude them. Even California has it, has a death penalty. Yep, but they seldom put people to death. People have been on death row for up to 25 years in California. So, again, it costs more money to put a person to death than it is to keep them in prison for life. The Pope has come down on the side of keeping the dignity of people even who have committed a crime. That's why he 
has decreed that the death penalty is inadmissible. Now, a lot of people are for the death penalty. Like I said, I've written on the death penalty. I have not attended an execution, but I have gone to places where there have been recent executions to talk with people, officials of the country. First of all, in 1998, there was a double hanging in Nassau, Bahamas. I got a grant from my law school to go down and write a piece about it and talk to the attorney general of the Bahamas. In 2000, there were eight people hanged over a three-day period. I got another grant, and I went to Trinidad where this happened, and I got a chance to talk to a number of people. People are split on the death penalty. When you live on small islands in the English-speaking Caribbean, you don't want bad eggs out on the street. However, over the years, the death penalty has been used less and less in the English-speaking Caribbean. It's being used less and less in the United States. There were, what, only 23 executions in 2017, EJ? That's correct. But the United States is the only country in the Americas that have had, that have imposed the death penalty or executed anyone in the last 10 years. Wow. Isn't that something? You know. So even though these other countries in the Caribbean, for example, have it still on the books. They haven't uh, imposed it. Imposed it, right. And also, sometimes when you put people to death, their sentences can be commuted to life in prison. In the English-speaking Caribbean, where I've done my research work, there is a law down there. If you give someone a death sentence in Jamaica, Barbados, Trinidad, number of other the of other uh, other countries in the English speaking Caribbean if you do not put the people to death within 5 years their sentence has to be commuted to life in prison now we don't have anything like that we have people here in on death row for 20 25 years before they are executed i think that's cruel and unusual now the supreme court of the united states says that the uh, death penalty is not cruel and unusual punishment under the Eighth Amendment, but it's getting harder for people to, or states to execute people. Why? Because we try to execute people humanely, if you can do that. So that means lethal injection. The problem with that, though, is that most of the most of the chemicals used in this uh, lethal injection come from Europe, and Europe does not have the death penalty, and they don't want to sell their chemicals to states in the United States to put people to death. This is a problem, isn't it, EJ? It is. It, it is. Well, it's a problem for the states who want to impose the death penalty. But uh, you're right about uh, Europe, because it's it's uh, it was abolished in most countries of large Catholic populations, mm-hmm. which includes the European the EU, the European Union, and nearly all of South America. Mm-hmm, that's right. So, the country that, the country in the world that has the most executions is China. They will not reveal the exact number of people who are executed every year, but people like um, certain groups have found out that there are numbers of executions in China. 
there are more things in China for which you can get the death penalty than in the United States. Most states of the United States, you can get the death penalty if you murder someone or if you rape a child under 12 years old. That's the way it goes here. 23 executions in 2017. I don't know if there have been any in 2018 so far. However, I stand with the Pope. I think the death penalty is inadmissible. We should not use it. I don't think you can humanely put someone to death. And just to be clear, what the Pope is doing is calling on all, all Catholics, the Catholic Church, to work to eliminate uh, executions, just like Catholics have gotten on, have uh, taken on um, abortions, the right to life movement. Mm-hmm. He wants them now to take on this execution movement. Well, it- some of the people who are who are very concerned about uh, about the when life begins. They don't seem to be happy about the the idea of preserving the life of someone who has committed heinous crimes. But they're both human. They both have, you know, a chance to redeem themselves. Is is the position of the of the Pope? And uh, despite what people have said about it, the church has always been against the death penalty. They saw that there was some value to, or some some basis upon which you could, uh, you know, in good moral conscience, execute someone where uh, it would be better to do that to protect other humans. But now what he's saying is, no, you can detain them for a a period of time. But he is also against life, life sentencing, because that's inhumane as well. All right. Well, to to put a little more meat on the bones of what you're saying is that I found that previously the church wasn't absolutely against executions if this was the only way possible for effectively defending human lives against unjust aggression. Well, that's, that's what that's they've what written. Think, that's yeah. what the Vatican has written. But again, right, I, but, but bishops have often gotten involved where an execution was about to take place to ask for the sentence to be commuted. That's right. Because they were opposed to imposing the death penalty. All right. Well, we stand against the death penalty. We stand with the Pope. We hope that there will be fewer executions and that more states in the United States will do away or abolish the death penalty. And and there are several governors in in this country who are Catholic, and so they may, they have to consider what what how to proceed now texas being one of them i understand the texas governor is catholic okay let's move on to the next good story the next good story is about ivanka trump she publicly broke with her father last week by calling the separation of migrants at the border unjust she rejects his uh his power to do this, but still, they're still coming. She's also broken with her father on whether journalists are enemies of the people. This is good, in my opinion. She should be doing this. She's working in the White House. Maybe she can be a good influence 
on her father. So the, the concern I have is on the first one that you talked about. The first part that I t- talked about. Right. She was against doing things or separating families at the border. She didn't. She thought that was cruel. Right. And so, but and her reason for saying that, I mean, she talked about it as a personal matter for her because she said she's a daughter of an immigrant. Her mother grew up in communist Czechoslovakia. Czechoslovakia, and that her mother immigrated to the U.S. legally and suggested other immigrants do the same. But it, but uh, from what I'm aware of, I've heard Ivana, Ivana wrote a book, and it sounded like she didn't enter the country legally. She worked illegally. Isn't, isn't that what you It understand? could be. My, my understanding of the story of Ivana Trump, she did grow up in Czechoslovakia, which was a Soviet um, state during... Uh, the Cold War. She did not like living in Czechoslovakia. She did not like the uh, constraints on her. She married an Austrian. Now, it was supposedly a marriage of convenience and not one of love, but marrying him, she got an Austrian passport and Austrian citizenship. She used that to immigrate to Canada without the husband. And so she lived in Canada for a while. She lived there legally. But while she was there, she would drive from, was it Montreal that she lived in or Toronto? I'm not sure. She would drive down to Vermont in the United States. And there was a lot of skiing in Vermont. And she was a good skier. And she'd go down there and people would hire her to be a ski instructor. Now, whether she had a visa to do that right away, we do not know. but. From what I know of having been in the State Department and knowing that there are a lot of Canadians who come to the United States and work, and then they go back, and then they come back and work a little more. She may have been paid under the table, but eventually the company she was working with may have given her a work visa or gotten her a work visa. She turned that work visa into a green card, which you can do. And finally, when she got married, as I understand it, to Donald Trump, she became a citizen of the United States. So that's her immigrant story as I understand it. I but I was I, watching uh, MSNBC the other night and uh, on Lawrence O'Donnell, and he talked about it from the book and said that uh, Ivanka may be an anchor baby. <laughs> <laughs> but but. But, right, so she may be an anchor baby, and um, that Ivana was illegal in this country for she, for a short time. But she but she also um, did not have a true marriage when she married the Austrian because it was a matter of convenience. If that's done in this country, it's illegal. Check, it's illegal, and if they check on you and ask you question personal. Behavior questions, you know, did you have the, uh, um, does the person, does your partner brush his teeth and what toothpaste the, does he it's use? It's called the marriage test that the you go through. The marriage test and you fail. You may not get a visa. But now let's again, you, you make some good points about this. You know, if people who've worked in immigration like I have, people who are in countries, particularly communist countries, and they want to get out, they do things 
They do things that perhaps they wouldn't do if they could. It's my understanding that she married this Austrian person, and it was what they call, it wasn't a bona fide marriage. They weren't in love. They did not want to live together. And if you do that in the United States, and there are some uh, marriages that are done fraudulently, if you're caught, you lose your green card, and you can be put in jail. Right. Both parties, both parties. There was parties. a movie about that years ago. Called Green Card. Called Green Card with Gerard Depardieu. A good Frenchman. Right. And um, who was that other actress? Don't remember. Anyway, that was exactly right. It was a good movie. Mm-hmm. All right. We've heard about the good, the Pope. So well, my point is that here you, you have Donald Trump marrying two women who were immigrants. That's right. They have worked in this country illegally. That's right. Why does Donald Trump like women who aren't Americans? Well, I don't know. I you can't know, answer that. Maybe he feels they're more pliable. I don't his know. His mother was an American. That's right. His mother was from Scotland. And uh, I think his grandmother was an American either. I have his never, grandfather heard, any, never heard anything about his grandparents. His grandfather came here in the 1880s. And then went back to Germany for a while. But he came And then here. came back again. Right. But none of the none of the Trump men married American women. Well, uh, his, so that means they have, there was Marla Maples, remember? Oh, right. So he has, short he has two. I think he got her pregnant, and that's why he married her. That's what they say. That's what the tabloids say. Well, anyway, we've talked about the good of what Miss Ivanka is doing breaking with her father on this thing about separating families we talked about the good of the pope saying the death penalty is inadmissible we now will take a break we'll be back we're going to then talk about the bad and the ugly of the week that we want to tell you about this is birdsong i'm here with ej stick with us Folks, I told you we'd be back. This is Birdsong. Birdsong has opinions. Birdsong has knowledge. Birdsong gives you the news that he'd like to talk about. And he has his friend EJ with him here. The bad news of last week, there was quite a bit of it, but I'm only going to focus on what I think was the worst. The worst was that we have 3D guns that can be printed with plastic. A federal judge in Seattle last week uh, issued a temporary restraining order to stop the release of blueprints for making untraceable and undetectable 3D print plastic guns. Eight Democratic attorneys, generals, filed a lawsuit to block the public from getting their hands on blueprints are, uh, for unregistered weapons produced with these high-tech printers. The companies behind the plan is based in Austin, Texas, and uh, it wanted the plans to become available to everyone in the United States. However, the restraining order issued by the judge puts that on hold. The news stories say that probably about a thousand people already were able to game the system to get or print these guns before the temporary order. Now, to me, I'm not a gun fanatic. But I'm not against guns. I support the Second Amendment. 
I think Americans have the right to carry guns, own guns. I don't like the fact that too many Americans are killing people with guns unnecessarily. But I think the idea of plastic guns as a mass marketing tool where you can make at home your plastic gun is downright bad. It's horrible. We've got enough people who have their wits and go out and kill people. Now we're going to get people who are technologically good enough to make a plastic gun at home and take it to an airport or to a school or any place. It's just ridiculous. I hope that uh, this will not stand. I hope that there will be a temper, uh, not just a temporary ban on the guns or the uh, the blueprints for the guns. I hope uh, that it'll last forever. EJ, I know you've had some thoughts about this. Um, what's your say on the plastic gun matter? I think it's ridiculous because how are you going to trace these guns? They're not. You don't have to register them. The other problem is that those guns can't be detected when you go through the airport or go through some kind of a motion detector uh, device when you go into certain buildings that have high security, like courthouses. Um, So I understand the guns wouldn't be legal. Uh, Someone, uh, I think, has added some kind of a, a metal piece to it that it is removable yes. so that it can be detected. Yes, I've heard that too, that supposedly if you make your your make plastic gun, gun you have to put some kind of block of metal in there so that a metal detector would be able to pick it up at airports and courthouses and things like that. Yeah, but if you're you know, you have some plan But of course criminals aren't gonna do that. That's what you want to say it. You know that and I know that. We all know that. Bad idea. But we've got to move on, EJ. That was the bad. Let's talk about the ugly. And there's only one story that I think is really ugly, although there are a number of ugly things going on. It has to do with the little Twitter dust-up this past weekend between the President of the United States, Donald Trump, and LeBron James, one of the best basketball players in the world. Here's some of the story. Melania Trump is on the Team LeBron. Hours after her husband launched a full-court press on Twitter against uh, LeBron James, the first lady issued a statement that seemed to side with the outspoken athlete. Her statement was put out by her spokesperson. It says, it looks like LeBron James is working to do good things on behalf of our next generation. Now, how did all of this start? As I understand it, Last week, LeBron James has funded a public school in his hometown of Akron, Ohio. But this is a program, it's a public school to uh, where, where teachers can work closely with these children in third and fourth grade to give them self-esteem, make sure they learn to read, get fed. He even bought those people who live more than those students who live more than two miles from the school he bought them bicycles so they can ride to school. Now, supposedly, Trump says that he just finished looking at television Thursday or Friday night saying he heard that LeBron James had done this 
And he went on in his tweet to say words to the effect of, I've just seen the dumbest man on TV, John, what's his name? Don Lemon. Don Lemon has made LeBron James look smart. Now, he came up with this, and he said, he ends it with saying that I'm with Mike, meaning Michael Jordan. Now, what caused all of this is that as an athlete, LeBron James came out last week and said that President Trump is dividing us. He's using athletics to divide the country. And he said, I feel I have to speak out. Now, this didn't turn into a big Twitter war, but it's an ugly thing, I believe, because Don Lemon then sent a tweet the next day saying, who's the dummy? LeBron James just built a school where children can go to class, whereas we have a president who puts children in cages. Of course, that didn't help. He also included a hashtag, be best, which is Melania Trump's uh, message for us to be the best we can be. Yeah, he couldn't, you know, I, I just have to say, too, that Melania has indicated through a spokesperson that she'd like to she'd like to visit that school to see what's going Yes, because of her her be best policy. She wants children to stop bullying each other and things like that. But it's ugly that the president of the United States is fighting with Don Lemon and with LeBron James. People love LeBron James. He is a good basketball player and uh, not only a good basketball player, he's a philanthropist. Well, and that's true. You have a lot of people who came out in support of LeBron James, and they did some tweeting. Like um, Barbara Streisand supported him. Michael Jordan said great things about him. Hillary Clinton complimented his uh, philanthropy and his, his, his ability, his athletic ability, and his commitment to his community. And uh, the Lakers came out. Yep, he's now with the Lakers. That's his new team. Right. And Ohio loves him, even though he left. But it's been ugly, folks. He's their king. He's their king. That's exactly right. Maybe he, maybe he will get a new championship ring out there in Los Angeles with the Lakers. So this is Birdsong. We've been here with you. We will stick with you. We've talked about the good and the bad news of the week, and we've just finished talking about some of the ugly. It would be nice if our commander-in-chief could put down his phone (laughs) and stop tweeting and stop trying to get everyone up in arms. Anxious because of him, and that's weird. That's strange for somebody to want us all to be this way. Well, but he, he just he, throws he, something out there and has us start talking, and and he fills the airwaves. Yes, he wants to be everyone. Look at me, look at me, look at me, and he likes chaos because when he has chaos, he can get away with things that other people won't even know about. This is Birdsong. We'll be back with you. You may not like our opinions, but they are true ones. Stick with us.
So glad to be back with you here on the radio. This is Birdsong. I'm here to tell you some of the dumb criminal law stories that I've been collecting. They're new ones. EJ is here. She may comment on some of them. She hasn't read them. But these kind of stories never go away. If you want to read more about my dumb criminal law stories, I actually have 14 books on the market. You can go to my website, leonardbirdsong.com, and you can order them for your Kindle, or you can order them in paperback. leonardbirdsong.com. But here's our first story for the day. It comes from New York City. The headline, Tweet, Tweet. A Guyanese national was recently detained and deported by customs at JFK Airport after he tried to smuggle what? 20 live finches held in enclosed tubes in his luggage. The birds were seized, and the man was issued a $300 fine and was immediately deported back to Guyana. Authorities believe the man was attempting to smuggle the birds to the United States to be used in what? A bird-singing competition of the type that they use in Guyana. A bird singing competition? <laughs> they kept his birds? They kept his birds. So somebody else can take them. They've already been taught how to sing. <laughs> All right. Our, our, our next story comes from North Carolina. Headline, Jesus Calls 911. In mid-March of this year, Richard Quintero, 46, allegedly broke into a High Point, North Carolina pizza hut and stuffed his face with several slices of pizza and drank some Mountain Dew. He then called 911 and claimed to be who? The Son of God. Quote, yes, this is Jesus Christ, and I just broke into the pizza hut. That's what he said. He then went on to say, quote, Jesus is here now. He's back on earth. Well, police quickly arrived and arrested Jesus and took him to jail for burglary. <laughs> that guy was feeling good. He? He hadn't had a meal in a while. Oh, gosh. Pizza. How about this one from Wisconsin, EJ? Headline, a serial toilet clogger is on the loose. A serial, to- God, I can't get a, a serial toilet clogger is on the loose. Say it three times. <laughs> no, no, no. I can't get it out once. Local police are trying to hunt down the delinquent who has cost the city of Sheboygan, Wisconsin, thousands of dollars for repeatedly clogging the toilets in a women's public restroom. Police say that for the past year and a half, someone has clogged the toilets in the Deland Community Center by stuffing soda bottles into the bowls. (laughs) Good Lord. (laughs) That's not how you recycle. (laughs) All right, the next story is from Texas. Headline, Deadly Birthday Party Only in Texas. An early March birthday party turned deadly when some gunplay went went haywire. One reveler at the Houston Bash donned a bulletproof vest, and then another guest fired a shot at him, Mm. killing the man. Oh, my goodness. It isn't clear if the bullet went through the vest or hit the man elsewhere. Only in Texas, kids. Don't try this at home. Oh, my goodness. What a horrible story. (laughs) I bet they were drinking some Jack Daniels at that bash. Mm -hmm. Another story from Texas. Raid on an illegal dance studio. Gamblers in Houston used a Zumba studio 
as an illegal front for a back alley casino. That's casino. Authorities shut down dozens of illicit gaming machines and seized heroin and thousands of dollars at the makeshift gambling den in Houston. My, my, my. Again in Texas? Again in Texas. <laughs> heroin and thousands of dollars in make at the makeshift gambling den. Mm-hmm. Now, here's a strange one from the United Kingdom. Headline, DNA gets its man. A British rapist was foiled by his bladder because he urinated in the neighbor's potted plant and police used DNA to convict him. His name, Eric McKinnon. He's 59 years old of the town of Newcastle, England. He was arrested and sent to trial for raping two women over 30 years ago, and he was sentenced to 23 years in prison. We learned police didn't suspect him until 2016 when they were called to the to a dispute between McKinnon and his neighbor and took a sample of the urine-soaked plant soil. Bingo! It was his urine there. DNA gets its man. Who goes around leaking into people's potted plants? <laughs> He's a nasty one. He's watching there trying to look in the windows and looking for his next victim. Right. I had to go. When you got to go, you got to go, they say. Australia now. Just one more pint, mate, says the headline. A drunken man who was stabbed during a bar brawl ordered one more pint of beer with a knife sticking out of his back. It appears that the fight broke out between the 27-year-old victim and a 20-year-old man outside the Beer Wash Hotel near Landsborough, Australia. After the victim was stabbed, he walked back inside to the bar and drank another cold one before finally heading to the Sunshine Coast University Hospital. Just one more pint, mate. <laughs> oh, God, these Australians. Well, to the hospital don't serve beer. <laughs> <laughs> you better get one for the road. Here's another story that I found from Australia. Headline, Almost a Chainsaw Massacre? An idiot in Sydney whipped out a chainsaw during a road rage dispute, police said. The 25-year-old suspect got into a scrape with a 34-year-old driver in mid-April of this year, but the older man backed down when the crazy younger man pulled out a chainsaw and started pacing and revving the machine. We learned that both men left the scene before the popo arrived. <laughs> popo being the police, if you didn't know that. Canada. Headline. Oh, no, she didn't. A woman was caught on camera stealing seven, seven. A woman was caught on camera stealing a $17,500 rock signed by Yoko Ono from a museum in Toronto, Canada. The woman is accused of making off with the piece on which John Lennon's 86-year-old widow penned the phrase, quote, love yourself, end quote. And this was at the Gardner Museum in March of this year. It was an interactive exhibit where viewers could pick up rocks and meditate. Om, om. But she picked up the rock and stole it. Bad, bad, bad. 
Well, she probably does her meditation better at home. <laughs> Maybe you're right. Our last story for the day comes from Colombia, the South American country, Colombia. Headline, prison break. Two convicts at a maximum security prison in Bogota escaped by getting a guard drunk and persuading him to let them out to go on a booze run. John Rincon and Olmeda Vargas got the La Picoca prison guard drunk on prison-brewed liquor, then promised to return with more drinks. Of course, police are still looking for the escapees. <laughs> now, people do make liquor in prison. I've had clients when I was back in private practice, yep, they could make that liquor in the toilets in their cells. <laughs> I will not give you the rest of the recipe. <laughs> All right. Those are our dumb criminal law stories for this week. I got a few riddles for you. I'm ready. She's ready. Here's the first riddle. When do you go at red and stop at green? When do you go at red and stop at green? Simple one. That's the first one. Our second one, and this is what a real easy one. What do you get when you put a candle in a suit of armor? What do you get when you put a candle in a suit of armor? Now, the third and last riddle. What might be my opinion about the Liberty Bell? What might be my opinion about the Liberty Bell? Those are our three riddles for today and for this week think about them they're not that difficult we will be back with you with a paul harvey story you're gonna like this one too this is birdsong stick with us Hi, folks. We're back with you. Glad you're sticking with us. We've got a Paul Harvey story. Of course, of course, Paul Harvey is a great broadcaster. He's no longer with us, but his son, Paul Errant, wrote a number of stories over the years on which of which Paul Harvey would read on the news. This one is called Dear Abby. It starts, Dear Abby, I never thought I would be writing to you. Here, all these years, you've been advising others, counseling others, cheering up the rest of us. Now, apparently, it's you who need cheering up. All right, I'll try to help you with your problem. That letter from you dated November 22nd sounded dreadful. What have you ever done that was worthwhile, you ask? Indeed. If you'll pardon my saying so, you sound like one of those people always writing to your writing to your uh, people with people with problems, and their problems are comparatively trivial. But even so, though, you respond. Sometimes we get so close to our own personal problems that it takes an outsider to help us see over the top of them. And that is what motivated this letter from me to you. What have you done that you look back on with pride and pleasure? My goodness, Abby, I won't even mention your admiring and your adoring public. You have millions of adoring 
people who like what you've done for them. Now, how about your family? For anything went wrong, you certainly cannot blame yourself. I remember those years when your lawyer husband was away so much, when you had to bring up the youngsters all alone, and yet you continued your writing. Isn't that accomplishment a source of pride and pleasure? We also have admired the way you rely on others. Always with such good sense, always so encouraging. How ironic that one of us now should be seeking to console you. Surely, dear Abby, you who have been an understanding person for others are now being much too tough on yourself. Abby, you are so admired by everyone, just about everyone. That's why it's so difficult for an admirer to realize that you are really serious about that letter you wrote. What have I done that I can look back upon with pleasure, you say? Abby, I hesitate to mention this, but didn't you have a birthday recently, November 11th? That'll do it sometimes. That'll do it sometimes. That'll do it sometimes. Birthdays and sometimes housewife frustration of facing the same chores for the rest of your life can get to you. However, liberated women are becoming, and certainly you are most liberated. It will be a long time, if ever, before women really catch up to men. The more capable a woman is, the more she resents that. Also, it occurs to me, being the daughter of a clergyman, that might tend to demand too much of yourself or make you demand too much of yourself. Abby, I'm afraid I've not succeeded very well in what I set out to do, that is to encourage you. But try to believe me that anybody looking at your exciting and fruitful life and then reading that last letter from you, I have it. I have a copy of it here right on my desk in your handwriting. I'm looking at it. I mean, my dear Abby, to sum up such a lifetime as yours and to ask, as you do, the, for forgiveness of God for not having accomplished more, shame on you. Shame on you. Abigail Smith Adams, do you count it as nothing that you were the wife of a president, John Adams, and the mother of another president, John Quincy Adams? No other woman in American history can make that statement. Love, Paul Durant. Now you know the rest of the story. <laughs> Abigail Adams. Wow. Dear Abby. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then, folks. We're coming to the end of the story. We've come to the end of the Paul Harvey story. We're coming to the end of the program now. We're coming to the end of the program now. We're going to give you the answer to the riddles. Have you figured them out, EJ? No, I haven't. They're easy. When do you go at red? When do you go at red and stop at green? When do you go at red and stop at green? At the end of the newspaper? Nope. Close. It's when you're eating a watermelon. Now you got it. When do you go at red and stop at green? When you're eating a watermelon. That is true. Now, this is the easiest one. You don't one. want to cut too close to the rind. That's right. 
Here's one that's very easy. What do you get when you put a candle in a suit of armor? What do you get when you put a candle in a suit of armor? Light. Close. You get a night light. <laughs> <laughs> a night light. Get it? <laughs> All right. Last riddle for the day. What might be my opinion of the Liberty Bell? What might be my opinion of the Liberty Bell? Sounds good. No. <laughs> my opinion would be that it's not all cracked up to be what it is. It's not all it's cracked up to be. <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right, this is Birdsong. Let me finish with a thought for the week. I hope everybody enjoyed the topics we chose. Certainly we had opinions, but we also provided education. A little bit. A little information you may not have gotten to in your newspaper or on the computer. Might have chosen not to read about these particular stories. Well, information is knowledge. Information is power. And information is power. All right, here we go. Thought for this week. Nourish nourish the mind like you would your body. The mind cannot survive on junk food. <laughs> nourish the mind like your body. The mind cannot survive on junk food. That's my thought for this week. That's a good one. Hopefully we gave you some gourmet cuisine today. <laughs> well, we tried. This is Birdsong. We're signing off now. I'm here with EJ. We'll be back with you next week. Please tune in.